In these lessons, I will attempt to penetrate your mind. You will attempt to resist. Prepare yourself. You two better change into robes. I expect we'll be arriving soon. All right, welcome to the second episode of Potheads. Again, I'm Jack O'Shea. Across me, as always, now and forever. I love you so much. God, I need you. I, I just, I need you. Jack Neuheisel. Uh, today we're talking chapter two of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Vanishing Glass. I've been fired up for this chapter in particular. Not, As, to, be, not to be confused, by the way, with The Vanishing Cabinet, because <laughs> that's a thing that comes out later. And I keep on almost accidentally saying The Vanishing Cabinet. That's a little sidetrack right there. I don't even know what the vanishing cabinet is. Ooh, you oh, yeah, will I know. do. Yeah, I do. That's the thing uh, with, um, gosh darn it, uh, Malfoy when in like uh, the, yeah. the later movies, right? Or it, books. Sorry. In uh, Half-Blood Prince, we, that, that comes out. So I'll see you in book six. Yeah, Let's that's rock. like the Apple thing. Okay, I got questions for you when we get there. I know. And, and, and in about seven years when we get there. <laughs> speaking of which, so that's one thing that we have to talk about. So we were debating how exactly we are going to record this podcast and then air this podcast because... We're going chapter by chapter. Right now, we're set to do one chapter a week, but that, I think there's 196 chapters. So, all in all, you're talking roughly four years <laughs> of this, and which means the only people that could actually read along with us are people that are actually learning to read right now <laughs> using Harry Potter, getting about a chapter in. By the time they're in fourth grade, they can handle. Uh, they the, can sit on their own. A little denser material. Yeah. No, nobody <laughs> reads like that. One. And two, you know, what, what are we going to be re- releasing the last one when the next Olympics is out? The next, <laughs> come on. There's figure skating on the TV we're watching right now. We're not going to have figure skating when we finish this. So we were thinking, we're definitely going to record these mm-hmm. a lot quicker, probably within the next year. My thirst for Harry Potter knowledge. One hundred percent. We have to protect the integrity of the podcast. Yeah. I don't want to read a chapter a week. I'm already like halfway through this book. Yeah. And I'm trying to protect like I've got questions for you and now I've got to sit tight on it. I can't keep living like this. Exactly. We want to record as we read and we're reading a lot faster than we're recording at the moment. So the question is, do we do two chapters a week? Do we do Tuesday, Thursday? We're definitely going to stick with releasing something on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But do we do a chapter a day for 192 days or do we do two a week we're not totally positive right now but i have a feeling starting probably next week or the week after we're going to start releasing a lot more regularly yeah hopefully by the next podcast we have a good answer for you on that one because this is also the type of podcast like we were saying like we have pool boy has a bachelor podcast and you and Henry and Matt, you guys all watch Bachelor, record it right after and release it the next morning or that night sometimes. A good fresh batch. Good fresh batch. That's what it's called. If you <laughs> haven't listened to it, uh, subscribe to that motherfucker. Um, but for stuff like that, like that's super timely. You need to release that soon. This is not super timely. We already have all the content. Most people in our listen. Hands. Yeah, yeah, most people listening have seen the movies. It's just it's not timely. We don't need we don't need to wait. It's not like oh, release it now. So. A lot of people who are listening to this are probably going to listen to this podcast way down the road when they're like, hey, we're starting to read Harry Potter. Let's have this as like a companion book. Yeah. Um, Just because so, you're not getting the water cooler gossip you need of people still talking about Harry Potter. It's more and come check in with us. Exactly. It's more importantly, or more important that we release all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think people will really start to listen. But yeah, so if you haven't, if you're listening to this on Pool Boy Podcast right now, because we're airing this on 
our other podcast that has a lot more subscribers and ears or whatever, and you're interested in Harry Potter, and you've gotten this far into this little random Thursday episode that we posted, <laughs> go to Potheads, subscribe there, because this is probably the only one that we're going to release on Pooley Podcast. So yeah. if you want to follow us and our adventures through the magical world, you're going to have to subscribe there. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this on Potheads, toss a subscribe, toss a review also. Even if you're giving us like a one star, tell us how we can improve. We freaking love Harry Potter. So at a certain point, yeah, we are doing this for us. Yeah. But also, we want this to be an inclusive thing that the entire Harry Potter community can get behind. So absolutely. please, if we're getting off the rails from that, you got to step in and let us know. You absolutely do. And, you know, if you do give us a one star and you are like, you suck, we're still going to do this. Yeah. So, so in, fuck in you. your fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do this out of revenge. Yeah. Out of spite. <laughs> um, beyond all that, let's move on. <laughs> Chapter two. The Vanishing Glass. I genuinely got upset there a second. I know. I'm pissed at these fictional people. They're not fictional, but I'm pissed at these people that we're not even sure exist just yet. By the way, before you get lost in the chapter, let's run down uh, the characters we're meeting this let's week. Let's do it. Let's do it. So right out of the gate, when mm -hmm. I got in there, uh, I want to say, this is the one that's been bothering me the entire time, but I want to say I remember this girl, but I have no, I am not can't draw from anything. Mrs. Fig. Mrs. Fig, yes. Is she Mrs. Fig or is she Miss Fig? I forgot. I, I think it's Mrs. in the chapter. She, she's, uh, she's been married. So she <laughs> is a character that we will see later on in Order of the Phoenix. We see Mrs. Fig. She gets called in to be the witness for a case defending Harry at the Ministry of Magic. She is uh, in this chapter, and she gets kind of mentioned throughout the series here and there as just a neighborhood pal. And then later we reveal uh, that she's a squib. Okay. So she is someone who was born into a magical family without magical powers. Uh, the other big squib that we know is Filch, Argus Filch, who is the uh, custodian at Hogwarts. That's right, right? Okay. He mm -hmm. just never has any magical ability, but they're all very aware of the magical world, right? They're born into the family. They don't have magical ability, so they're just basically handicapped, and they're sort of treated like second-class citizens, which, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Dumbledore, we learn, has asked Mrs. Fig, who I'm not sure if she lived there before, and it was just like very convenient that he'd be like, hey, Mrs. Fig, keep an eye out. Or if he stationed her there. I think it's the the former. But uh, she is keeping an eye out for Harry. And so she babysits him now and then. As far as like the actor who portrays her, I thought she did a fine job. <laughs> a bang up job for the two scenes that she's ever talked about. <laughs> I really, I don't think it's the type of thing where it's like Mrs. Fig ruined Order of the Phoenix. No, she was great. Yeah. Tough <laughs> life, by the way, being a squib. I can't think of any more depressing thing. Dude, <laughs> dude. It, like you and me are devastated to like – that we don't have magical powers and no one has magical powers. Imagine being born. You know it's like, imagine like if LeBron James kid was born and he was like a five foot three kind of goober mm -hmm. and he's surrounded by his dad, the greatest basketball player ever. I know this up for debate, but he's surrounded by his dad and his dad's buddies and this whole basketball community is just like, come on play with us and he just can't. That would suck. He can't even tie his shoes. This is oh. like, did you ever see the movie sky high? course i did okay that kid can't doesn't have powers to very start the movie, similar right and it's yeah. like the the school nurse gives the example it's like mm -hmm. sometimes when you have a super and a super it doesn't happen is that kind of the deal in the squib community where it's like yeah no it's, ex yeah. it's exactly and we'll, and we'll get into oh yeah we'll get into that, that. i don't want to get lost topic. in the squibs yeah uh okay the next one we meet uh i guess dudley is officially mm -hmm. met in this chapter and the guy who plays dudley the kid who plays dudley i think nails it and it's similar to uh we mentioned some character last week someone who has just 
I'm sorry for the actor, just a very punchable face. He's really good at being annoying. This kid just oozes the kid in school you hated because he's so spoiled. Oh. <laughs> and we'll get into that again exactly. later in the discussion, but he oozes it. And in fact, you know, it's a bummer. The actor really turned into deadly as he grew older. Oh, really? He had sort of the reverse Neville Longbottom <laughs> situation. If you go, I feel bad for the guy. Like, he's just not a handsome cat. <laughs> The, well, he wasn't a great looking kid, to be honest. He, he was one of those kids. He looked either 35 or six when he was like 10. He's one of those <laughs> kids where you're everybody's saying it's OK. He's going to grow into his face. <laughs> exactly. And he grew and he didn't grow into his face. It's sort of like that. So he's good. One of those. And then Mama Petunia or Aunt Petunia. Aunt Petunia. Petunia from. Dursley. She, the actress who played it, you also picture Petunia when you're reading the book. Yeah. The, the actress. I feel like the it, like when I read the Dursleys, I feel mm -hmm. like they got pretty dialed up. Like it, it seems I'm reading it pretty close to as I'm seeing it in the movie. Again, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley, the actors who play them are a little bit older than I think they should have been. Yeah. They're probably 10, 15, maybe even 20 years older than the characters actually were. Yeah. But they nailed it. I mean, uh, Petunia's perfect. She's the very like thin faced you know when when, when she uh was it furrows her brows at you everyone has that aunt yeah who 100%, like, right who would punish you and you'd be like you're not my mom and, and you know what something else too the age almost makes it more believable that they're that mean there's something about you always had yeah. that really older like relative or like someone like that like a teacher in school it was like a yeah. school like a nun that would just you know what i'm talking about that stereotype yeah. of like hitting you with rulers and shit that's who I'm getting with Petunia. Exactly. And so I think they the casting as far as especially this, this chapter, they nailed it. Definitely picture. I mean, you have to pick, picture the actress who played Mrs. Fig. I mean, you have to. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, if there's anyone that you want to put like Whoopi Goldberg in, go for it. She's really not that. She's okay. not going to make or break it. And that's the last I'm going to hold you up. Let's get into it. Chapter right. two. Chapter two, The Vanishing Glass. Nearly 10 years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the top step. But Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. That's the first line. I love that every time. Keep all going. Right, let me go. Okay, so we last left our infant hero on the front step of his unknowing aunt and uncle's house, which was a little glimpse into what childcare was like in the magical world in 1981. <laughs> uh, we flash forward 10 years later. Harry's 11. And if you thought leaving him outside all night in diapers was neglect, remember that the people who did that, Dumbledore and McGonagall and Hagrid, they're the good guys in this story, okay? <laughs> Lil Harry is now living in a cupboard under the stairs. He's living in literally a, a little closet where people historically have stored cups. That slanted closet that has a weird roof. Slanted, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Harry's cousin Dudley is a nightmare, okay? He's essentially Nelson from The Simpsons if he was spoiled like Angelica from The Rugrats. He is just the kid you grew up with. You're like, Fuck that guy. <laughs> On Dudley's birthday, he throws a temper tantrum because his parents only got him 37 presents, all while Harry is slaving away in the kitchen. It's pretty much a Cinderella-type story. You went reading this for the fifth time, though, I realized it's not like – there's a lot of bad stuff they do to Harry, but asking him to cook and making him cook bacon really isn't that bad. Isn't, a lot yeah. of kids cook. Like, the, the attitude they throw at him the whole time is brutal. But, like, the actual chores he's getting dished out, it's not, like, not so bad. We're all, we're all cooking. Did you have to wear big shirts? Ugh. Jeez. <laughs> Would you never have an older brother? <laughs> you never have hand-me-downs? <laughs> no, they, they do treat him terribly. Yeah. Uh, the Dursleys are about to take Dudley to the zoo when a neighbor calls and says she can't watch Harry. This is uh, Mrs. Fig. 
which means that the Dursleys are going to have to take their annoying nephew with them. They don't trust him alone at the house. Or in the car by himself. Which is funny because at, <laughs> at this point, there really isn't like anything that Harry's done that would make you think like, yeah, they got to keep an eye out on him. <laughs> uh, at the zoo, Harry's checking out the boa constrictor exhibit because he's a kid and he's a boy and everybody loves snakes, although they kind of creep me out. <laughs> when he realizes that he can actually talk to the snake, only to get knocked aside once Dudley sees this uh, so that he can have a better look. And at that very moment, or like just a moment after the glass uh, in front of the snake's tank vanishes, which lets the boa constrictor out, uh, really giving the Dursleys quite a shock. I'll tell you that much. They did not like this bit of Tom Ford. When they get home, Harry's punished for the snake incident. And since uh, he's sent to the cupboard without any food, which is, again, that's kind of fucked up because kids need food. Uh, in retrospect, they were totally in the right. Like, <laughs> Harry did this with magic. Uh, he made the glass disappear. You should totally punish that kid. He basically sicked like a, a huge python at your at your son. I get it. But looking back on it, if you weren't aware that magic exists, that's a pretty ridiculous punishment. That's pretty, a very pretty North hardcore Co- punishment. But if you take the perspective of uh, Vernon and Petunia here, mm-hmm. they know who Harry is, and they mm-hmm. know who Harry's parents are. So they know immediately, with or without intent, this fucker's to blame. I love that we're <laughs> sympathizing for the Dursleys. This has never been done before, but I kind of get some of their motives. It's like, all right, what they shouldn't be doing, they're spoiling one of their kids, and they are just abusing their other sort of ado- their ad- other adopted kid. That's fucked up. But if they were treating them equally, and it was, all right, yeah, you cook breakfast sometimes, or yeah, uh, you know, you sick to python like those punishments totally fit if he's actually just got a bedroom to himself then yeah. i think all of this can is okay i think no, no like we're not even getting a call to child protective services this is all fair game notice <laughs> that child protective services wasn't called everything that they're doing is in it's fair play in in the uh and by the way Oh, no, I guess the, uh, Dudley does have a second room, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And fuck, I oh. fucked up the year again. It's 1991, not yeah. 1981. Uh, no, it? but it was 81 before, right? When he got dropped off. So oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was so right. right. I was yeah. right. But in 91, Child Protective Services really hadn't cracked down <laughs> much more anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's the chapter. All right, so, so what, what do you got? What so, do you think about the chapter? So like you just brought up the year. So mm-hmm. 81's when, I just want to confirm this, cause, mm-hmm. and I think I know it, but it's 81's when Harry's getting dropped off. So where we are now and when the story's going to take place from here on out, like mm-hmm. where basically movie one starts, yeah. is 1991. Correct. It's June 1991. Okay. Harry will turn 11 uh, in a month. Okay, perfect. Gotcha. Mm-hmm um so okay so we're in 1991 things will progress out from here harry's gonna mm-hmm. uh, his like graduating class is gonna be like 98 99 george right? w bush is in the house <laughs> white house i don't know who the british prime minister was but he was in there too or maybe it was uh the iron lady okay i don't know uh and I'm then an we were just kind of uh getting into it um and i'm kind of skipping around here on the questions mm. but we were just kind of getting into you know, Harry, uh, they weren't going to trust him alone at mm-hmm. home. Uh, they were like, well, we'll just leave him in the car. And they weren't going to trust him alone in the mm-hmm. car or anything like that. And then they kind of point to a couple different examples of when Harry has had weirdness associated with him. Mm-hmm. Like Petunia goes to say that, like, weirdness just kind of follows Harry. There was the incident where they tried to put a sweater on him that it, like, shrank down. There was an incident where he's, like, running away from Dudley. 
and he like jumps and gets blown up by wind onto the roof is how I read it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I think at that point I'm like, no, something's off here. Something's fishy. And I mean, and again, <laughs> it's sympathy for them. Like, <laughs> all right, if you're explaining all of this and they're not so positive on the magic stuff, they don't really like it. And everything that's happening is just sort of fishy, and usually it's against their their biological son. <laughs> yeah, usually he's the victim. We're saying that he's a wizard. I think in their heads they're like he's kind of a demon. Like he, every now and then we'll just like fuck with our son. <laughs> totally. I, I get why they're a little bit like keep him in the cupboard. But the, <laughs> yeah. so the question here though is, at what age do magical abilities start to like present themselves mm-hmm. uh, for young witches and wizards? I'm imagining the movie Jumper, where it's five years old when they like the kid does his first jump. I love that you like bring that. out Jumper because I have not, you would not have like <laughs> I would love if you were. I like, just, it was such a specific age. It was like at five he did his first jump. It's like it's <laughs> like in the popular Hayden Christensen vehicle <laughs> Jumper, and, I'm, and then I immediately was just like, yeah, five years old, sure. Uh, no, so the age when. The typical cutoff, they say, is seven. So you should have magical abilities by the time. They should be shown by the time you're seven years old. Okay. And seven's also a little known fact. Uh, seven is the most magical number. And I forget exactly why, but seven's like magic number. You've told me this in the past because mm-hmm. the seven, that, that that's like kind of shown up throughout. There's seven books, obviously. There's mm-hmm. seven, seven years at Hogwarts. Yeah. Seven, all this different stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... There, uh, I believe that's Harry's number in Quidditch. I'm not positive. You, that was a total guess. Like, uh, um, I, I think it was, was actually, he was number 69. Um, <laughs> He's that guy. He was a dog. He's that kid. Everyone's picking numbers. <laughs> I'll take 69. Uh, uh, 420? <laughs> we don't have three numbers, Harry. What do you think? This is NASCAR? Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you know, other stuff, there's the seven Horcruxes, although it turns out to be art. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. Uh, yeah, so seven is like the, uh, the, the age when you typically – show signs there is jk rowling has said that you know they do sometimes show up later but it's rare there and are sometimes late bloomers. okay sometimes a late bloomer will you know like there have been late blooming adults but again like that's so rare that i haven't even seen anything on the forums about it <laughs> okay. i know that jk rowling did mention that she while she was writing the books did have a thought and a plan to have an adult come forward uh or like from uh, the muggle community being like well uh, something's something's askew here i learned magic which would have been hilarious to me because like and are they going to hogwarts now like are they like are we putting adults <laughs> they're that in? guy they're the guy who's like going back to school now we've got a 50 year old guy in his freshman year of classes yeah we're just like put, was this a back to school situation is a billy madison situation which would be hysterical and Pretty we should good. actually work on uh developing that <laughs> but uh and and a lot there's a lot of uh discussion where people think like maybe it was petunia who was gonna because she has magical blood that's true she's lily's yeah lily's sister she carries the gene uh and she kind of grew up around lily and sirius or no not sirius severus sorry severus yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she has it. So maybe she's, uh, would have been the one, which would have been a cool little, but I'm think ultimately Jake and Rowling, I trust her. Yeah. Uh, and then two quick clarification on that. Uh, nothing different about that between like, you know, having like tutelage, like parents who do magic around the house all the mm-hmm. time. So all of a sudden now you're doing shit with teacups when you're young. No, not in the way that like, like you're mentioning it where it's like, you know, uh, whether or not you're muggle-born or half-blood or pure-blood or anything like it that. It all pretty much follows the same code. It's just a gene. So it's like if you have 
a gene that gives you freckles. Like yeah. you have freckles. Yeah. You don't like ultimately get freckles at a different time depending on how many of your relatives had the gene. If you have it, you, yes. you have it. Let me say this too. I think this is the same with mutants. Do you remember that scene in X3 Last Stand when How the kid's cutting off his wings? He's yeah. about that age. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, X-Men, I think, is 10. Okay. I'm not even kidding you. I know that. If you know X-Men that, way 10. to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Right on. Jumper's 5. <laughs> Potter's 7. <laughs> X-Men's 10. Jumper's by far the most popular franchise. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like Neville's like an example too. Like Neville Longbottom's an example where they said he's a late bloomer, but of course we've learned uh through the sacred texts uh <laughs> that neville actually wasn't a late bloomer his family just didn't pick up on like when he was born apparently he uh as a baby magically made his uh what do you call it swaddling clothes what yeah. do you call those i think so. are <laughs> swaddles are babies wrapped swaddled. in towels <laughs> blankets i'm an idiot uh the, the blankets were wrapped tighter magically but they didn't realize that it was him who did it so there's like a lot of interesting and so they didn't realize until after he was seven by the way this is four books away now too and nor do mm-hmm. i even appreciate the argument but mm-hmm. hashtag neville's the chosen one <laughs> i think the answer is that both of them are but yeah so um so that that's the edge what, what else uh uh, okay, so as we start in the chapter, I picked up on this. Mm-hmm. Harry is talking about his like personal appearance. They kind of make a reference mm-hmm. to his hair, and that would kind of grow back and be all floppy. Mm-hmm. And that Harry's not a super confident kid when it comes to his personal appearance. Mm-hmm. But one thing he does take a ton of pride in is his scar. Mm-hmm. I found this to be super interesting because, obviously, they talk about Harry's like imagined things in his head. He's like thought of flying motorcycles and mm-hmm. a green flash. So, obviously, somewhere those memories are logged in his mm-hmm. subconscious or yeah. whatever. But at this point, he thinks that scar he got from the car crash he was in with his parents where his parents died. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing for me, even though later on, obviously, he should probably take pride in the scar because it's like, yeah, I mm-hmm. fucking took down Voldemort. You want the proof? There you go. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's like that's just like a memory he's carrying with him of his parents dying. His relationship with the scar is definitely very interesting because it's like, you know, he's the most famous wizard in the world Kinda. I mean, there there are other really famous yeah. wizards. I don't know if he's the most famous, but he's Jesus Christ. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, as far as like, especially until he's out in the public again, he he's just a mythological character who everybody knows the name, everybody knows the scar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he gets brought to the Leaky Cauldron by Hagrid, it's where how people really recognize him. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, it's cool, and I think it's the type of thing that like. I think Harry probably views it the same way that, for some reason, Catfish Hunter and his mustache is the only example <laughs> I have in my head. But it's like the same way. Who's a celebrity that has a super... Owen I- Wilson's nose. Mm. Let's get the... Okay, the Scottish guy from Sons of Anarchy's Scar. I think it's actually very similar to like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's height, where he is a seven-foot dude. Um, and so when that's beneficial to him, he loves the fact that he's seven feet. Yes. When that's annoying and he's kind of d- can't be in a private space because and he's dipping under exit signs and, and he's, he's dipping. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and people are like, Oh my God, it's cream of Jules Jabbar. And he doesn't want people to be swarming him. It's the same way with Harry where sometimes he's trying to get out of a, a place, but people are swarming him because he's incredibly famous. Yeah. Uh, so I could see that. So like right now in the story, then it's almost like a kid, like he would think about any scar he'd have. Like, like I, like as a kid, 
really wanted braces in a sling or something like yeah. that. Or like, you know, and I was proud of my scars because scars were cool and tough. We talked about it. There's nothing more badass than having like a, a wrist cast. Oh my God, dude. I had a wrist cast in third grade. Changed but, my life. Really inconvenience. You look like a skateboarder. You look like you probably like listen to Avril Lavigne. Have a poster of her in your room. Uh, more than one. Yeah. And, and I mean, if, if you're going to have a scar, is there anything cool to have? A lightning a bolt. Freaking lightning bolt. <laughs> Shut up, man. Okay. So that makes sense. I just wanted to just float that out there and see if there's anything more that was like. I mean, also too, just to just before we move on with that, like it's similar to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the sense too, where uh, it's sometimes kind of a painful thing, where very often, especially later on in the books, like Harry's scar burns whenever Voldemort is up to something. And which is pretty him. much the whole time. Which right? eventually it just becomes <laughs> Harry's scar burn, and it was like in the last few books, it's just you might as well be saying like it still hasn't stopped burning. <laughs> uh, and we we learn later on that uh, Harry Potter's we don't learn later on in the books, but J.K. Rowling has mentioned that the reason why it burns is because uh, Harry's scar is like sort of like the housing of Voldemort's soul that's trying to get out. So when it burns, it's his soul trying to that makes all the sense in the world yeah yeah cool um dudley and vernon in the movies as i've come to understand them Mm -hmm. are brunette people the potter Mm -hmm. family was all red or brown-haired people vernon eventually turns into a white hair yeah yeah by the end of it because he's so goddamn old with a 10 year old kid weird Mm -hmm. weird old dad Mm -hmm. no one likes an old dad (laughs) (laughs) but in the books i'm going through this and they're describing dudley and vernon Mm -hmm. and they go on to say that they're blonde now, this, as a blonde man, really bummed me out because yeah. there's not a lot of really characters that you hate in, in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the obvious ones that we're supposed to hate. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if on this team of people we're supposed to hate is majority blonde people. Yeah. We've got the Malfoys are all blonde in the movies. I assume they are in the books. We haven't gotten there yet. Malfoy's very almost white hair blonde. Yeah. The Dudley, like the, 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 Dursleys. the Dursley, sorry, are, are now all blonde. I'm like, well, what is this war? And then, and then I think about Rita war. Skeeter's annoying. She's blonde. And what, uh, what, uh, the only one I could come up with was Luna Lovegood is the only blonde character that we're supposed to like. And I'm sure, and I mean, there's four Delacour. There's like other blonde characters. Okay. Okay. Um, that, that we do like, but I mean, you're totally right. Like, weird like if it doesn't stick with the bell curve if there's something that's a statistical anomaly it is that blondes are <laughs> tend to be more likely than not necessarily evil but bad characters bad characters like, god damn rita skeeter there's uh yaxley the death eater um peter pettigrew they never mention if he has blonde hair i don't think but in the movies but in the movies kind of does kind of does yeah he's, he's like gnarled hair it's it's tough it's a it's a it's a rat's nest whoa <laughs> puns uh Gellert grindelwald's blonde there and he's super evil uh what the fuck the, and you're right what I is mean, this war on blondes i th- i think it is and you're gonna have to stick with me on this one i think it's nazis okay i'm not even kidding you i think it's nazis because i think yeah. Okay. In, in general, if you're gonna have someone that you want to draw as evil, the the easiest, the sort of, least controversial people that people agree upon are evil are is the Nazis. the Nazis. And guess what? The Nazis were Aryans. They had some <laughs> blonde hair and blue eyes, and so that's why I think it's. I I don't know if Jake Rowling necessarily did it on purpose, but I think a lot of people when they're picturing you know evil people, there's just something about. I mean, Alan Rickman when he played uh, the guy in Die Hard. 
Yeah, he goes blonde. He's blonde. You're right. He's, You're a, right. he's a blonde German. It's <laughs> blonde Germans are so rare. I mean, blonde Germans are so rarely in movies. Good guys. You'll very rarely find. It doesn't give me a lot of hope as a, a blonde guy with the last name Neuheisel. 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 <laughs> Technically Austrian, little house, but yeah, still. <laughs> new little house. Uh, yeah, no, it, 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 that's a huge thing to pick up on. And you're totally right. I mean, and in the movies, in the books, not all Slytherins are blonde. In the movies, they lean on that. They lean. If you look at the Slytherin table, they got some blondies. All the good guys are kind of like just, you, you know, boyishly handsome brown-haired guys. We get Cedric Diggory later on. All the hot girls are either Asian or redheads. And all- <laughs> Your name, there's like, basically all the hot girls are either Cho Chang or Jenny. <laughs> um no, yeah, and, uh, no, and Lily Potter was a redhead, right? She was a redhead. And, I mean, if you look at it, too, you know, all right, so the bad guys we already uh, confirmed are mostly blonde. But then you also have uh, the three main characters, Harry, Hermione, Ron, are uh, jet black hair, brown hair, and red hair. Yeah. All the, th- the colors that aren't blonde. <laughs> what are you trying what to say, hell? JK, Joe, <laughs> if that is your real name? Um, yeah, that, that okay, is funny. So that. thank you for me on that. Uh, page 20, uh, as I'm going through it, there's a reference to Harry's speed. Mm-hmm. They're kind of talking about uh, Dudley and his gang, which mm-hmm. apparently hilarious because it's kind of Dudley and his gang will meet in the movies later on. Mm-hmm. They were so funny to me. But Dudley and his gang are, are the bad boys on of campus. Tuffians. You don't want to cross them, and you kind of you kind of want to be on their side. So mm-hmm. everyone tends to hate Harry. Yeah. And so Dudley's gang is chasing Harry around. And J.K. Rowling makes a reference to Harry's speed. Mm-hmm. That he's actually really fast. I've always imagined Harry as like sure coordinated, mm-hmm. but athletic in in the magical sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Like like a fair flyer. He's a yeah. fair flyer. Yeah. You know. But he's not. Uh, a great like we're not going out to the blacktop and i'm not getting crossed up by this guy they don't really <laughs> ever mention his speed again okay not that i can remember and i mean the reason why you can't is be- they don't is because there aren't sports that, that require speed require running <laughs> it's a, they, they, they're flying on broomsticks it's <laughs> kind of similar to nascar it's a vehicle sport it's, it's more similar to cycling no it's nascar because you, you the, yeah, the, the, right. <laughs> the equipment's what's flying. Like the faster broom flies faster. You're not pedaling. Like no. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not. You're not really like. You don't need to be in shape for it. Uh, you're just hit and go in and your e- mind, I assume. <laughs> and even then, too, like there, we don't have there. At least I can't remember. There's not an instance where they're like, "All right, Harry, Hermione, and Ron need to get to this one place," and. You know, they'll mention like Ron got there first or something because mm-hmm. he's taller. Mm-hmm. They mention like Ron got there first, but they're never like Harry got there by far last or Harry got there by far first. They don't really mention his speed, foot speed again because it's not yeah. really relevant. It's not going to be relevant. But you know what? I do like that they established this because this helps me at least believe Daniel Radcliffe's moving a little faster in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like I think back to like yeah. the, the later movies when they're uh, they've got the Death Eaters kind of after mm-hmm. him. The poster. Yeah, and they're just yeah, exactly. It's the poster. Yeah. It's him running the and woods. They're just sprinting through the woods. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So Harry Harry can move a little bit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have magically fast feet though. Okay, <laughs> but he has a wand that can make him apparate to other parts of the world. Why run? <laughs> You can grab a port key and hop on the magic boot and go to the World Cup. Would you rather fly or teleport? Shit. <laughs> I think, right? Because kind of the pleasure is the flight. I think I think fools say fly. 
right? Because when it, you could teleport, you can just be there. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like saying, would you rather email or fax? <laughs> and it's like, email. But I, lo- I love watching the paper go through the machine. <laughs> but it's fun. Faxing is fun. But you'll save a lot of time and you'll be able to talk a lot more if you just email. But yeah, I mean, dude, that's a good question. I think, I think, you ha- I think if you were like, for the next 10 minutes, I'd rather fly. But if it's for life, take teleport. You'll get over it. Your buddies who chose fly will be having a ton of fun. But guess what? You're going to get there pretty quick. Yeah. You'll get the good seat in the theater. <laughs> okay. Um, so chapter keeps going. Uh, they decide what they're going to do with Harry while they're doing it. The kid shows up, right? And they mm-hmm. end up, fuck it. We got to take Harry to the zoo. Mm-hmm. They end up at the zoo and Harry ends up having this back and forth with the charming South American snake. Mm. Uh, snake is like kind of giving him a back and forth, kind of give him a sassy look like, uh, you know, can you believe this again yeah. today? <laughs> another day, <laughs> another <laughs> snake thing. <laughs> another snake dollar. He, he peeks to the sign that says, uh, you know, from Brazil, South America or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, Harry's like, you're from Brazil. And he's mm-hmm. like, no bread in captivity. He's mm-hmm. just like, that's where he's from. You know, story goes on. Harry makes the glass vanish. Dursley's freak out. Mm-hmm. People panic. Snake now cruising out. Just him and Harry have a little one-on-one time. He says in the movie, it's just a quick thanks, mm-hmm. and it's a quick. It's, it's just like, like a creepy British snake. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how snakes would communicate. Mm-hmm. And off he goes. There we go. In the books, the quote is as he's after they're done talking about the whole Brazil thing. He comes by. Slurs up to Harry as they've after they've said he's snapped at people's ankles because he's having a little fun now getting outside of the glass. And he goes, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. You think he got there? <laughs> so I, have he, a, I have a pretty good sense that the snake didn't get to Brazil. The poor guy bred in captivity. Someone needs to tell him it's a little bit of a ways to Brazil. Hey, guy. <laughs> you can't. You're not a wizard. Not, you, you couldn't even ha- figure out how to get out of the fucking glass <laughs> by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, no. Well, later on, that snake turns into Nagini. <laughs> No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But that that was my big question the whole time is like, is this the biggest loss ever for the series that we lost this charming South American snake? And should Harry have had his own rival Nagini and just pocketed this little conquistador and just taken him to Hogwarts? You know what? As (laughs) halfway through you saying that question, I was like, this is the dumbest question I've ever heard. But (laughs) by the end, you sold me. I I don't get why Harry didn't have a snake or two with him. Because how many you can talk to them like right? You can have like a full personality, like a thing. Why get uh, an owl, a cat, or or whatever if you can communicate with your pet? <laughs> Probably because snakes are scary. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean uh, that that is so true, and that's one of the best moments in because that's when you really reveal the magic in the in the first movie. So I think for people that saw the movies first or have only mm-hmm. seen the movies, that's the first glimpse you get of like, oh uh, shit. <laughs> There's some magic motherfucker. Um, um, and by the way, quick clarification. I know I'm skipping a couple chapters ahead, mm-hmm. but the animals you're allowed to bring to Hogwarts, and this is movie knowledge, mm-hmm. is either an owl, a rat, or a cat, right? Yeah. Or a, a toad, toad or a toad. Not mm-hmm. a snake, though. No snakes. Yeah, okay. So Nagini was not Tom Riddle's pet at No, Hog- no, no. Okay. I don't know where Nagini comes from. I got to look that up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we're way ahead, too. So. But but yeah, you can bring those four animals. Um why anyone brings a toad a toad or a rat <laughs> yeah. i don't know especially when a rat is being hunted 
by both the cat and the owl. <laughs> They're the food. I think toads might be hunted by owls too. You're gonna bring a pet. That, you're you're that gonna is choose a constant the problem between Ron and Hermione. That is it's a like, constant keep little Crookshanks away, dude. That's <laughs> like, like a big part of Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban. <laughs> Crookshanks end up being right, but if not, it's like, dude, who's to blame? Don't have a fucking cat and or don't have a rat. Like, don't, don't. It's like when when people get fish and they get two beta fish. It's like you are asking for trouble. <laughs> you put them in a tank together, they're gonna they're gonna kill each other. Those people are psychos. Yeah. <laughs> Although maybe they're they're trying to breed ultimate fish. There you go. <laughs> here's here's my plan, and this is Peta's gonna hate it. Does Peta take care of fish? I don't think they do. I think Peta's like yeah. Whatever. It, they might be those kind of vegetarians where they still eat fish. Yeah. <laughs> my my idea is get yourself a hundred beta fish, and here's what you do. <laughs> You have two different tanks, one with the women, one with the men. We Okay. This okay. is like the James Bond rats. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and then you have two separate tanks just for, for one fish. You put two men in a tank. You put two women in a tank. Winner stays. You go through all the hundred. Just keep bracketing it down. <laughs> two ultimate fighters. Then you breed those motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. That's how you get, not beta fish, alpha fish. I gotta like patent that idea. This is like alpha fish. Gonna just be like a lake <laughs> terrorist attack later on. People are just gonna start breeding these fucking beta fish in mass quantities. This is what our, this is, by the way. This is what the podcast is gonna turn into. <laughs> you come for the potter, you stay for the light banter. <laughs> As we talk about <laughs> eugenics and fish. freshwater terrorist attacks. <laughs> yeah, freshwater. Who got him? It was a great white. No, it was one of Jack O'Shea's alpha fish. <laughs> They're small, but they're the best trained fighters you'll ever see. So I think, do you have any more questions or uh, discussion points you about the You're the Michael Vick of fish. You're the, yeah. <laughs> best of the best. Uh, no, I enjoyed the hell out of this chapter again, too. We were two for two, JK. Uh, I've actually read ahead, though. I got, I got concerns about the letter chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, having mm-hmm. said that, though, you and me haven't really talked about it. So maybe no. Maybe because I've got questions for you. The letter chapter is a lot of little things, too, that like probably questions that you you probably have a few questions. I'll probably come up with some other stuff, too. Where it's like you didn't pick up on this. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, no matter what, we're getting deeper into the magical worlds that J.K. Rowling has laid out for us. So now you nailed it last time with your little with the spell to end it. <laughs> you think you can go two for two? Ooh. We're going to run out. We're not going to be able to do this every time. There's only so yeah, many spells. No. <laughs> There's actually probably more than 192 that they mentioned in the books. Let's do, uh, what's the spell that fixes his glasses on the uh, train? Octo Repair. <laughs> there it is. Send it off. Play the song. Thought you were leaving without saying goodbye, did you?